From the CQ Roll Call Newsroom in Washington, this is CQ Now, your nonpartisan news source for how the inside workings of Congress and the federal government shape the real world. Should Congress authorize the use of military force against the Islamic State, or should it continue to defer to the Commander-in-Chief and let President Obama define whatever operations he deems necessary? I'm Adriel Bettelheim with CQ Roll Call, joined by intelligence reporter Ryan Lucas. Even before the Paris attacks, there was talk about a new authorization for use of military force. But Congress hasn't exactly jumped into the spray, has it? It hasn't. Uh, President Obama submitted uh, a new uh, authorization for the use of force in February of 2015. Um, It was a plan that basically specified there would be no enduring ground forces Uh, The AUMF would last for only three years. Uh, As I said, he submitted this in February, and we're still waiting. This is, what, November, almost December? Um, Now, lawmakers kicked around the idea for for several weeks, if not months, but never really got anywhere on it. Um, Earlier this year, uh, the Foreign Relations Committee members Tim Kaine uh, and Jeff Flake, the two senators, uh, introduced a compromise that would expire in three years and allow the deployment of uh, a significant number of U.S. ground personnel only when needed to protect U.S. citizens. Um, That didn't get anywhere either. Uh, Basically, it's it's a conversation that has has been kind of in a a holding pattern um, since February for sure, and in in a sense, really, since 2001, when the the AUMF that is currently used uh, as the legal basis for operations against the Islamic State uh, was passed uh, in the wake of the 9-11 attacks. And these authorizations are basically documents that expand or limit the president's existing war-making abilities? Well, what they do is they, is they provide the legal basis for, uh, as it says, the authorization uh, for the use of, of, of military force. Um, sometimes they can be very specific, uh, as in the case of the one uh, that uh, Obama presented in February, which was a, a time frame of three years, and it said no enduring ground forces. Um, some of them are more open-ended, and that's part of the part of the debate in Congress right now is what exactly that should look like. Should there be a sunset provision? Should it, you know, only last for three years or six years? Um, should there be a, a, a geographic scope? Uh, should it be limited to just Syria and Iraq, or Syria and Iraq and, you know, pick a country, uh, Egypt, Sinai Peninsula, um, or should it be anywhere where terrorist organizations deemed to be affiliates of the Islamic State are are in operation? Now, we're more than a year into airstrikes against ISIS in Syria and in Iraq, and the White House announced in the end of October it was deploying special forces to Syria. You're saying it's relying on the 2001 AUMF um, as the authority for these operations. Was that essentially a blank check? It was not originally intended as a blank check, I don't think, when when lawmakers passed it in, in 2001. I mean, a lot has changed in the past 14 years. Uh, the Islamic State did not exist in 2001. The Islamic State is a spinoff from Al-Qaeda. That was its, parents, uh, its, its parent organization. Um, but the Islamic State, as we understand it, was, it, it was non-existent. Um, so yeah, the, the, the 2001 AUMF is, the, is kind of being used as a blank check. Uh, lawmakers have a lot of problems with the way that the administration has, has spun it out. Mac Thornberry, who's the chairman of the House Armed Services Committee, has been very critical of this uh, a couple of weeks ago. He basically said that they have stretched this linguistically as far as possible to, to be able to cover this. There's also some use of, of the 2002 AUMF uh, for Iraq. 
Um, but generally speaking, what, what the administration says is that 2001 covers what we're doing now because the Islamic State is, is a spinoff of, uh, of, of al-Qaeda, and therefore we can do this. So when the president presented his idea for a new authorization, it generally broke along the lines of Democrats wanting stronger restrictions on the use of ground troops and Republicans wanting more latitude to conduct what? Whatever operations they deem necessary? Well, they wanted the AUMF to not place restrictions on, on what needed to be done in their mind to to defeat the Islamic State. You also get into a bit of uh, political jockeying here, uh, and you get into some presidential politics and thinking of, well, who's going to be in the White House after Obama? Do we want to place any restrictions on what they'll be able to do if it's a Republican? No, we don't. Therefore, Republicans don't want that. Um, Democrats, you know, still don't want to have broad sweeping uh, use of, of ground forces um, just because they don't think that that's, that that's really what the U.S. should be doing. So no, no, no consensus emerged at all uh, between the Republicans and, and the Democrats, and that seems to be the case. Now, part of it is just because nobody really has an interest in taking a vote on this right now. What does one gain as a, as a lawmaker from voting on this? Uh, it can be used against you down the road politically. Um, they've seen what happened to people in the vote for uh, an AUMF on the Iraq war. And so a lot of people just don't really want to dive back into this. And, and I was speaking to uh, Representative Adam Schiff of California, the ranking member on the House Intelligence Committee, and he just called it political timidity. He, was, he said there's, there's not much to be gained personally for any member in voting on this war. And that's why I think we, we see the holding pattern still, even now when the Obama administration has said uh, they want to send up to 50 ground troops to Syria, why we still haven't seen any, any, any progress on this. Could the Paris attacks change the fundamental dynamics for advancing this? It's hard to say. I mean, there, there is the possibility that lawmakers could say, well, look, uh, you know, the Islamic State is launching major attacks uh, in Europe. We need to up our game in, in Syria. We need to deploy more troops, and therefore we need a new AUMF. I don't think that that's where, where this is likely to go, partially for the reasoning that the administration does not look, I mean, if you listen to, to Obama um, when he was speaking in, in Turkey, uh, he made quite clear that he didn't want to change tack in, in, in Syria, uh, that he wanted, he says that his strategy is working, it's a long-term strategy, it's going to take time, but we're not going to just drop in tens of thousands of, of, of American troops to try to, to, to rout the Islamic State. So I don't think that ultimately the Paris attacks in the, in the short term uh, have fundamentally changed the, the dynamics. So the status quo is politically convenient for everyone. Exactly. It, it basically is. You have uh, an administration that has a current authorization that works for them to do what they want to do. And Congress has no reason to, to take a vote. They can complain about what the administration is doing. They can say that they would like a new authorization for the use of force, but they don't actually have to take uh, a walk down that lane and, and perhaps bear the consequences of, of, of any vote. You mentioned Congressman Thornberry and Schiff. Uh, who are some other lawmakers you're watching uh, in this debate, the ones most behind drafting a new authorization? Uh, Senator Tim Kaine uh, of Virginia has been a very strong voice on this, as has uh, Senator Jeff Flake. After Obama made the, the, uh, the announcement that they wanted to send up to 50 troops, uh, special forces to Syria, uh, Tim Kaine, it was almost like he had uh, a statement prepared ahead of time. It's within minutes... They had a statement out saying that, okay, 
if we're going to be doing this, then we need to discuss a new authorization for the use of force. He's been a very forceful voice on this. Senator Christopher Murphy has also been, um, you know, somebody who's been part of the conversation, among others. Intelligence reporter Ryan Lucas. I'm Adriel Bettelheim with CQ Roll Call. Thanks for listening. Until next time, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at CQ Now and download our podcasts on iTunes and SoundCloud.